and welcome back to another exciting episode of Do the Woo, episode number four zero forty. Bob, we're getting up there. Yeah, we are. You know, I remember when when I turned forty, when I hit forty, kind <laughs> of. That was a little while ago. So, um, so tell me all about it because I turned forty in a few months. So yeah, it, it, it was a real enlightening moment. <laughs> no, it actually, um, it, every year it just kind of goes by, and it's it's. I don't feel any different. Well. Maybe not real different. Well, words of a positive encouragement from Bob there to kick us off today, um, and we're pretty excited. We have uh, we have a special guest, but before we bring him on, let's uh, let's thank our sponsors. So, um, I'm sure you saw the big announcement, but we have WooCommerce is now a community sponsor of the show. So we definitely thank WooCommerce for sponsoring Do the Woo, allows us to do this each and every week. Um, and we also have our podcast sponsor, Foo Events, over at FooEvents.com, a powerful event and ticket functionality for WooCommerce. So go to fooevents.com, check it out. We'll be talking a little bit more about them later in the show, but let's get right into it. So this week we have a really special guest, a guy I've known for years. We've podcasted together on a number of different shows and I still can't pronounce his last name correctly until today. Justin Santon. Man, you nailed it. Good job. Yeah, it. <laughs> yes. Really glad I asked because I was definitely going to introduce you as Satan. Yep. Wouldn't be the first time. You would think I would know this by now, but Justin, I'm excited to have you on the show. Like I said, we've had we've been on a number of podcasts together. We've hung out many, many times. You, we even had dinner out here uh, not not long ago. You came out to Philly and visited, which was great. So, uh, welcome to Do the Woo. Yeah, man, glad to be here. This is amazing. So happy to be here. Yeah, why don't you tell everybody what you do and how you woo? Yeah, so like Brad said, my name is Justin Santon, uh, not pronounced Satan, um, but every time I go to Safeway, that's what I'm told. So, uh, but yeah, I started our company Zeo about 15 years ago now in 2005. Um, really starting off back then, even before working with WordPress on e-commerce and complex e-commerce integrations. Um, so that's what we've been doing for the last 15 years. Uh, we built uh, a small team, an agency of about seven of us. Uh, building all kinds of e-commerce sites uh, these days, mostly on WooCommerce. Um, we're WordPress core contributors, WooCommerce core contributors. So we uh, we do a lot of really fun kind of technical integrations on WooCommerce um, and a lot of other WordPress stuff too. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess I didn't realize you had been around since 2005, which in the WordPress world, you are ancient. Right, right. <laughs> a long time ago in WordPress. That's right around when it started. Yeah, 2000, what, two or three, I think is when we started uh wordpress right yeah so you know rewinding back to 05 did you start out wordpress exclusively back then or was that something you kind of grew into once it got more popular yeah no so back then wordpress was what like was it even version one was it 1.2 maybe somewhere around there something like that yeah yeah so i mean it wasn't a cms by by any real regard right um we still have a, a marketing problem with people thinking wordpress is a blogging platform and it's not really the truth anymore but back then um it was very much the case mm -hmm. uh and so yeah no in 2005 i wasn't uh i don't even know that i was fully aware of wordpress um i started zeo i started our company um because i had to eat basically uh and so i i turned 18 i filed uh you know with the secretary of state with our articles of incorporation and then went knocking door to door on on business owners doors to say hey can i make you a website 
Um, and back then, most of them were like, what's a website and why do I need one? So um, I got really good at saying, here's why you need a website. And and again, being 18 years old, most of us remember back to that time in our lives, we were dumb um, and I was no different. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm trying to sell uh, what a website is and why they need one. Um, and, and essentially, uh, that was how I got my start. And one of the very first websites I built um, was uh, an, an owner of a winery said, hey, we could use a website for our winery and we'd like to sell wine on our website. Knowing what I know now, um, I was an idiot, right? And so like wine, wine uh, like some other things that we'll talk about, but wine in terms of online sales, interstate sales for alcohol is one of the most complex kind of e-commerce oh, yeah. problems to solve. Um, let alone for an 18 year old kid who'd never done it before. And so naturally my response is like, absolutely. I can build you an e-commerce website to sell your wine. <laughs> of course I could do that. Um, and so that was one of the first projects I ever did and it had some measure of success and obviously lots of learning. Um, but that start, that started my itch of like e-commerce, mm -hmm. um, and open source we used, I think at the time we used like OS commerce or something like that. If you remember that for back, um, and uh, it kind of started scratching that itch inside of me of like, man, open source is a thing. This is really cool. E-commerce and complex uh, technical integrations are a thing. Hard problems are a thing that I really like to do. Um, so those first couple of years, like 2005, 6, 7, is really when um, I started to kind of get involved in open source communities. And around 2007, we had a similar situation. Somebody said, hey, we need, you know, we've heard of this thing called a content management system. Do you know anything about those? Uh, and again, we had worked a little bit with some really old school ones. I think Drupal at the time, uh, Typo3, if, if you've ever used that. Um, God help you if you have, it's terrible. Uh, but but we had worked a little bit and I and I told these guys, hey, you know, I haven't used it yet as a content management system, but I think it would be really good. It's this new thing called WordPress. Are you guys open to using that? And so we built a couple projects in 2007 with WordPress as a CMS. Um, and that sort of started that itch for me. Uh, like, man, WordPress is amazing and it's better than anything else I've used in this open source space. For those three years or so between like 2007 and 2010, I was all about WordPress. And then around 2009 or 10, I'm like, man, e-commerce and WordPress together would be really cool. And so that's when I started to kind of find out about things like the old WP e-commerce plugin and things like that. Um, and ever since then, for the last 10 years or so, that's that's where we've lived. It's kind of at that um, uh, that convergence between e-commerce and WordPress. That's great. Yeah, so what you've already touched on it a bit, but the, the first plugin, you did the WP e-commerce plugin take off at that particular moment in time and how has it kind of, you know, uh, uh, endured or, you know, what has it done in the space? And <laughs> Spoiler alert, it languishes, but that's okay. That's okay. Every, every natural thing has a life cycle and sometimes part of a life cycle is death. Right. Um, so that's, uh, it's a good story though. So like in 2009 or so, Again, uh, uh, naturally, as you would assume, a truffle hunter called me. Um, that's how every good story goes. And uh, so there's this guy named Jack uh, who's local here in Oregon, and he's one of like the world famous kind of truffle hunting people. He's a truffle specialist, uh, Jack Zarnecki. And so again, I'm, I'm a few years into my business at this point. I'm still young and dumb, 22, 23, trying to figure stuff out. And so he calls me up and he's like, hey, uh, we want to use WordPress. We heard that you do WordPress and we want to do e-commerce on WordPress. Do you know anything that does that? And this is like 2009 at the time. I'm like, well, let me investigate and see what we can find out. And so I find uh, this plugin called WP e-commerce from these cool developers down in New Zealand, a guy called Dan Millward, who was involved with WordPress forever. 
they had started this e-commerce plugin as like a, a platform for selling like uh, digital downloads for bands, basically. And they started that in 2006. And so unbeknownst to me over the last few years at this point, they had been building this plugin and it actually did a lot of really cool things on WordPress that at the time nobody else was doing. So I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, I want to use your plugin for the site. What are the what am I going to run into? Where is it terrible? Um, and I quickly found where it was terrible, which was in a lot of places. <laughs> and so that kind of started my uh, my journey with that plugin of, of really at the time, I didn't know a ton about WordPress plugin development. And so getting to know how they built that as a plugin, it was sort of my introduction to complex plugin development in WordPress, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, that one truffle site is how I got really started with WP e-commerce. It's how I got started with plugin development. Um, yeah, for me, that's where it all started was a truffle oil guy. And if you go to WPEcommerce.org, hire an expert right there at the top of the list, Mr. Justin. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, got, I was involved with that plugin and, and the development of it. And that was a journey of like user to contributor to core contributor to lead developer. Um, that was like a journey I was on from five or six years from probably 2009 or 10 to like 2015 or 16. Yeah, I mean, that was it back then. WP Commerce was like the only one that I was aware of that had any kind of traction in the early days. Um, oh, for sure. You know, so, but yeah, no, there were a lot of um, issues with it, like you said. Uh, it was, you know, I think yeah. just a product of, you know, starting small and being built to work specific ways and not, you know, not having a larger team to kind of think about how. You know, you could build in a way that would be a little more flexible and extensible and things like that, which is understandable when you don't have, you know, a big investment behind it or something like that. So, yeah. And when you're so early, right, I think I think some of the issue with it is that it was so early in the WordPress yep. APIs. It started before custom post types. Um, and so it was kind of pioneering a lot of things in that way. Um, and so I think by virtue of starting that early, you don't really have. Uh, the roadmap you haven't really learned from anybody else's mistakes. And so you have to make them all yourself. I mean, I remember it, at the time it wasn't even Slack. It was like a group Skype conversation mm. of like, hey, look at this new WooCommerce thing. It was probably 2011, 2012. And so we're asking ourselves, do you think this is going to go anywhere? And even looking back at those conversations, it's like, oh, no, this is, you know, this is garbage. This isn't going to yeah. go anywhere. Yeah, why do we need another e-commerce platform? <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Um, it's so, the same thing when gravity forms popped up. I'm like, why do we need that? You know, there's plenty of good contact form plugins. And now there's like three or four of them that are all making millions of dollars each and tens of millions, maybe. I guess we did need it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, I think that's a key takeaway is that like, just because you're first to the market doesn't mean that you're going to be the best in market mm -hmm. forever. It's hard to keep that position, especially with technology. Like you said, how things change. Just the idea of building something as complex as an e-commerce plugin or, or system on top of WordPress without using custom post types. Um, that kind of really, I think, you know, puts it in, in, in clear shot of why it was a challenge because I, I had a couple of plugins prior to custom post types, nothing on that size or scale or complexity, but a few plugins that could use a custom post type, but they didn't exist. So you build them a certain way to use custom tables, then custom post type comes out and you're stuck with this dilemma of, do I keep charging ahead the way I'm going or do I refactor the majority of my plugin and start over, which is a very tough decision to make on something you've invested a lot of time in. Um, and a lot of people made the decision to, to rebuild, you know, 
just seeing the future of it. So, but that kind of helps date it, I think, and, and kind of put it in perspective a little bit. Yeah, it was just, it, it was good. It was a good, I think, um, it was a good learning process for everybody involved, for Dan, who was kind of the head guy to um, be kind of that innovative uh, pioneering uh, guy who thinks ahead. And for those of us who are kind of involved in lead development, just learning what you learn when you have to refactor 120,000 lines of code into something that's modernized and figure out where you made really good calls, right? Like a lot of the transition we've seen with WooCommerce over the past couple of years is away from custom post types back into custom tables and custom kind of data structures and things like that. And so you can look at those learning moments and say, man, like we learned a lot. We did some things poorly. We did some things right. Um, but yeah, a lot of us, man, we we kind of cut our teeth on, on that, which uh, with it, even even though today it sort of languishes and sits in its uh, you know smaller spot in the market, um, man, the amount that we learned from that process I think is invaluable. And so, yeah, I don't regret it at all. I think it was amazing in its day. Looking back on all this, so you started e-commerce, you know, early on. Then you got involved with WP Commerce plugin, and then you saw WooCommerce come out, and you said, "Oh, great, just another one of those plugins coming out." At, where was the pivot along? I'm going to really start focusing more on WooCommerce and using it more. And kind of what was that transition? Yeah, there was a period of time. And, and if I had to date it, it was maybe around 2013 or so. Because I think WooCommerce came out around 2011, maybe. Um, <clears throat> but it was probably about two years into it where we saw the market shift pretty dramatically. Um, and I especially kept a really close eye. I think I had like some automated tools routing to a dashboard showing our market share and WooCommerce, uh, WooCommerce's market share and using some built with stats and WordPress.org plugin stats and things like that. And, and, and seeing the shift of us go from like 250,000 stores to like 100,000 and WooCommerce go from like 5,000 stores to 50,000. Um, I start to see these dramatic shifts just in the market. Um, and so at that point, I, cause I sort of wore a couple hats, right? Like as an open source guy, I was kind of a lead developer for that project, but as somebody who had to make money, um, which oftentimes is not found in open source maintainership, uh, I was running an agency, right? And so I had to keep my, my finger on the pulse of the market. And so as soon as I saw that shift with WooCommerce, you know, when they got to a hundred thousand or 200,000 active stores and, and WP e-commerce went from 200,000 to a hundred thousand to 50,000 to 20,000, um, it was probably 2016 or 17. Um, and at that point, WooCommerce had, I would have to guess, but probably half a million or so stores and WP e-commerce had gone down from a quarter million to maybe 80,000. It's probably 2016, 17, um, where it wasn't so much like, hey, cut my losses, but it was more like this is going into major like maintenance mode and not innovation mode. And our agency focus is going to be on WooCommerce because that's where the market is. Oh, no, I mean, it's, you know, I think that's a fair point. You know, it's it's kind of like as we're talking about WP Commerce and the transition to Woo, like it's definitely bringing back a lot of memories of that time frame for me, too, and being in the agency and in the space. Um, and I feel like, you know, Woo clearly became kind of the front runner pretty quickly, even prior to automatic, you know, acquiring it, it was, you know, it was definitely the front runner, um, at that point. And I think, you know, to the point that you made earlier, Justin, I don't think WooCommerce would, it may exist, but I don't think it would necessarily have been as successful, um, had WP e-commerce and some of the other, you know, earlier e-commerce platforms existed because I think they, they did help pave the way they helped show things that worked well and things that didn't work well. Um, and they hel helped validate that WordPress is more than just blogging. Cause you have to remember back in, you know, 2008, 2010, hell, even today, it's still seen as a blogging platform, 
by a lot of people. So having these more complex, you know, plugins services that integrate well with WordPress um, kind of helped raise that that bar, you know, raise the ceiling a little bit in terms of what it's able to do and help validate. Oh yeah, well, like we're over here running WooCommerce, doing a million dollars a month in sales, and everything's humming along great. And we can build on it and it's extendable, you know, so it just helps validate that and help really open the market up for people like WooCommerce, which is, you know, came from Jigo Shop, which again, probably um, exists because of WP Commerce. So I think a lot of us had a similar path, maybe not as certainly not involved as maintaining the platform and stuff as as you, Justin, and, and your company, Zayo, but in terms of the tools we used and kind of transitioning beyond e-commerce, WP Commerce into WooCommerce, um, you know at least in, over the past few years. So yeah, I think it's a familiar story that a lot of our, our, our listeners will probably relate to. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Foo Events. If you sell any kind of ticketing online and you're using WooCommerce, you may have discovered that it doesn't have a very intuitive approach to seamless ticket sales. I know I've been there myself. Foo Events brings more power to your ticketing process It's really easy to set up and you never have to worry about third-party fees again. Not only can you sell tickets, but managing them is really slick. And best of all, they have a growing number of extensions to fit any need you may have. There are no worries to the amount of tickets you can send. And for the convenience of your attendees, and to help you keep track of the event even better, it has a free mobile check-in. Managing your attendees and events goes smoother with custom event reports and ticket inventory, and you can export your attendees for additional communication that you may need to send to them, or heck, you could even build your list. And your attendees can be rest assured that the data remains safe and private. Whether it's concerts, school functions, fundraisers, conferences, or any number of events that you sell tickets to, Foo Events has you covered. And they have a really sweet offer for you, our listener. Simply go to fooevents.com forward slash do the woo and get the Foo Events for WooCommerce plugin. This is a premium plugin for an entire year. Free, no strings attached. This offer is limited, so head on over to fooevents.com forward slash do the woo. And now back to our podcast. You said before, I think when you were talking earlier, all the interesting projects you've been able to do with WooCommerce, and we're going to be talking about one specific area a little bit later. But is there a certain project you want to share with us that was like, you know, very intriguing, fascinating, challenging, uh, something that just kind of stands out in your memory? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've done uh, like all, probably every industry imaginable in terms of e-commerce, but one that sticks out just because of the sheer scale of it, I think, was uh, was actually this like uh, sort of alternative cancer research company um, that was uh, I don't know that I can legally say the name, but people who are in that world will know. Uh, it's, I think it's like the biggest name in that in that world, and they were on WooCommerce for a long, long time, and they came to us because of scaling issues. They would do these like uh, launches on Facebook where they would spend in the course of a month like. 10 to $15 million on Facebook ads in a month. Um, and it would drive 40 to $50 million in sales through WooCommerce and WooCommerce subscriptions over that month. And so you're, you would look at, you'd look at like their, their MySQL database and you would get thousands of orders per minute um, just during these launch times. And so they would, uh, they had just 
this the scale issues that you have at that level. Um, and so to me, like that was a really fun problem to solve because you're dealing with really at this time, this is 2017 or 18, you're dealing with really good code, right? Like Brent Shepard and, and subscriptions and, and Mike Jolly and everything in WooCommerce, like it's really good. And so, and their infrastructure was like all AWS super like hyper tuned. And so you're like, where in the world could this be falling apart? And so you're, you're trying to find these, you know, you've got your eye on new relic and you've got your eye on the payment processor and on uh, the email servers. It's like, where, where's the issue? Um, and so, you know, whatever people think about alternative cancer research, that doesn't really matter so much, but just the technical problem of how do you manage that scale, right, of, of sales, of orders per minute, of uh, just the complexity of it all. Um, to me, that probably stuck out the most as like, like you spend so much of your time and Brad, I know for you guys, it's similar. You're in a very similar space, just solving really complex issues that sometimes uh, like you can't just find the the answer for on stack overflow or whatever. Like you just have to figure it out. Um, and so to me, that's always super rewarding. So that was probably one of those times where it's like, man, I hope we're going to be able to figure this out, but let's just dive in and go for it. <laughs> do you do this? Yes, I do. We actually specialize in exactly that thing. We specialize in saying yes to stuff we have no business saying yes to. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's half the technology, right? Nobody has the answers to everything, um, you know, right out of the gate, right? Like a lot of what our job is, like people joke about it, but it's true is, is Google, <laughs> Googling and, you yeah, know, looking things totally. up and finding, you know, little things that can help you take steps in the right direction. But it's, again, it's just cool to hear stories like that just in the sheer size of it, right? Like the, a, a platform, you know, WooCommerce running on WordPress doing, you know, tens of millions in sales, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of transactions a minute um, is, is amazing, you know, and it helps those stories help everybody that helps the whole industry and helps the whole platform because again, it validates that WordPress can scale, WooCommerce can scale. That's always the question we get around WordPress. Can it scale? Is it secure? You know, these questions we've been hearing for over a decade. Um, so be, and, and you get the same questions with WooCommerce. Is it secure? Does it scale? And, and having, you know, examples that you can directly speak to and say, oh yeah, well, we did this one site, you know, 40 million a month. Great problem to have. It definitely scales, you know, but it does present some unique challenges that you have to work through just like anything would at that low, at that size. Absolutely. Yeah. This would be a perfect segue into one of, a the news articles that I wanted to talk about because I think you have some stuff you could uh, add to that. So we'll make that um, part of the discussion. And that's Woo partners with Square for CBD products. Uh, this came out, I don't know, maybe it was last week sometime. And I know that I just did an interview on our other podcast about this with someone that does run a, a business with CBD. And I learned a lot, especially around the payment gateways where that's a, one of the biggest challenges. And one of the interesting things I discovered was not only was she not able to do it on PayPal, but because her business account was selling CBD products, they also closed her personal PayPal account as well. They wouldn't allow that. So they had some very strict rules. And I know that Wu has had some changes in their own policy as far as CBD products People can check it out. I'll put the link in there. But I know, Justin, that you talked about that you have actually worked with clients using this. So I, I'd just like to hear a little bit about some of the challenges and your own experiences with that. Yeah, no, the whole CBD uh, industry is one that like has obviously expo exploded in the last couple of years, right? Um, and so with it, 
you get a lot uh, of sort of issues and hurdles that you don't necessarily get with other industries, right? We talked about like wine as an example earlier, um, which has its share of regulation issues, but you don't necessarily get, uh, you know, you might have contractors on a project or employees or other vendors. You don't necessarily get people like talking to you about philosophical and moral and ethical questions in a wine project as uh, as actually you do in a CBD project. Like, should we be selling this? Uh, let alone, can we sell this? Right. Um, and so you get some really funny conversations going on, um, and all of that, notwithstanding the actual technical aspects of of regulation and compliance. Um, is just a completely, uh, it's, it's a sort of the wild west right now. And even still the regulation of it all, um, like Square and WooCommerce partnering together and, and Square really assuming a lot of risk there, it's kind of a big bet on their end that, you know, regulators in Washington, D.C. aren't going to come down on them, right? Um, and so it's, it's still kind of a wild world in that sense. And so even in the last year, for example, we started, we did two or three projects last year in the CBD uh, space. And, and one of them started out and had no sales. Like it was, it was local. It was like collect on delivery, like doing deals on the corner. Like, I don't actually know how that worked. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the other project that we did started out with this, this actual this payment processor that I had never heard of. Um, which for me was not a common occurrence. We've worked with dozens of them, um, but it was one called Zodaka. Have you guys ever heard of Zodaka? No, no, I hadn't. I hadn't either. And they they were a company that like their whole spiel is that they specialize in high risk industries. And so like you're paying instead of like you know with PayPal or Stripe or Authorize.net, you're paying two point nine, two point seven, two point five percent or whatever. With them, you're paying like seven and a half or ten percent. Uh, on the transaction. And so it's, it's high risk. It's, it's um, high margins on everybody, but um, they were kind of the only ones who would touch that industry last year for a long time until Square started looking at it and saying, Hey, we'll do this. And so we integrated with, with Zodaka for their website. Um, and, and it was kind of clunky as, as you'd expect, but it worked. Um, and then actually just recently in this last quarter, uh, they moved over to Square to use uh, Square and WooCommerce on their website, and obviously it's way way better. Um, and so, so it's really fascinating how even in the span of a few months, this sort of industry and the regulations behind it and the partnerships that are cropping up around it um, are really shifting constantly. It's really a moving target. Um, which, which, and you know, we like solving technical problems, but sort of the political complexities there. Um, I think can be more frustrating than, than rewarding. So it's, it's a funny space to be in. I'm waiting for Brad to tell us his story about his first <laughs> CBD um, site. Yeah, yeah it's a weird, like you said, it's a weird industry. It's, 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 it's like the, the weed industry, um, but a couple of years ahead of it, I guess, in terms of, it feels like anyways, right? Because you're right, there's a lot of regulations. It's like right now it's like a state by state thing. Um, there's certain states you can't do it, but then there's this other law that kind of relaxes it. Like, it's very confusing to be honest, um, for all the things you said and other reasons, but even WordPress and WooCommerce, I don't know if they're making it much easier because it's basically like they put out that announcement saying, look, you can't use WooCommerce to sell CBD products. If you use any of the automatic related services like Jetpack, um, or what are some of the other ones? Jetpack. And I had a note here. So Jetpack, WooCommerce shipping and WooCommerce tax. My understanding is I know Jetpack does, and I'm assuming shipping and tax hit automatic servers. So it's more of a service than it is an actual just, you know, standalone plugin. Um, so 
I, my understanding is correct me if wrong. Initially, they put out a statement saying if you can sell, you can use WooCommerce for whatever you want. It's open source, but if you tap into our services using those plugins I just mentioned, then you cannot sell CBD products. Now they're saying, well, if you they made a deal with Square that says if you use Square as your payment processor, then you can use our services. I guess am I understanding that right? Yeah, no, this is exactly what they said. This is the quote. They say Square has a vetting process for stores selling CBD and other hemp-derived products. So we currently require Square as the payment provider if you'd like to connect your store to Jetpack, WooCommerce Tax, and WooCommerce Shipping. We may approve additional payment providers in the future. Yeah, and see, you know, I get, I I 100% understand why, and I think I tweeted some of this effect back when it first came out. I understand why Automatic is doing this, right? They're protecting themselves. They're a U.S.-based company. They have to follow U.S. laws. It's not 100% legal everywhere federally, so um, they have to do that to protect themselves. I think what rubs me a little bit wrong is I feel like there's a confusion around it to the sense where the, the overall message to me comes off saying, don't use WooCommerce for CBD. Um, when in reality, you can use WooCommerce to sell whatever you want, legal or otherwise, right? Like it's it's open source. And I'm not saying you should sell something illegal, but you could. It's open source, right? right. Um, yeah. And right. I think, conf- you know, I, I, I struggle when Automatic gets in and confuses the message because we already have enough problems between WordPress.org and WordPress.com. And now they're kind of teetering this line of, well, you know. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to use WooCommerce without our product, so you might as well not use it at all <laughs> unless you, you you know you follow our rules right. and use these products that you probably don't even necessarily need. So it's it's a confusing like a, a, a confusing thing I think for like I'm confused and I would consider myself a power user of all of these platforms. Um, so I can't even imagine the average person looking up. Oh, I want to use WooCommerce, and then they come across this stuff and they're like, "What? I don't what? I can't use it. I thought it was open source." Like. I don't know. It just seems confusing. Yeah. Yeah, No, I remember when the announcement first came out last year in the summer. uh, And then I feel like maybe it was in the post status Slack room where people were kind of in an uproar about it. And in fact, Paul, who's kind of one of the higher ups over automatic had to come in and clarify in there Mm -hmm. what was happening and then posted a clarification to the, to the terms of use that they had. And it was this big um, kerfuffle, if we can call it that. Yeah. And it's clear they're competing with, I, I know, um, is it Squarespace or Wix? One of them is pushing hard in the CBD space with ads and, you know, landing pages on their site and we'll help you set it all up. You thought it would be legal, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like this is a direct response to that because now not only are they saying, yeah, you can, but there's a whole landing page on WooCommerce.com all about selling CBD products um, with a link out to that, you know, other doc that says what you can and can't do if you, you know, the confusing ones. So, I don't know. It's, you know, obviously once the laws lax, which I'm sure they will, and ultimately it'll be just legal everywhere because it really should be, um, then this won't really be an issue. But right now I feel like they're confusing, especially around the open source side of it. Yeah. I think it's like Mm -hmm. Justin said, it's a wild west, the whole industry, because from what I understood with the podcast was just how, um, I'll have to put a link in there and, uh, Shada Tarabi had started this, she started selling it online and then opened a brick and mortar shop, which is very unusual because people usually don't go that direction because she wanted to do certain things. And that was in Austin, but Austin has certain laws, but then there were some laws she could get around because they have other laws. So there's, it, it is, it's total confusion. So, um, 
you know, it seems like no matter where you turn in that industry, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's WooCommerce, it's the laws, it's whatever, you're constantly, uh, you're hearing one thing, but then you find a workaround or there's another way to do it. So uh, interesting stuff. And yeah, we'll we'll definitely see how it goes. And yeah, we'll, we'll I, like I said, I'm just waiting for that first uh, project you have, Brad, and you can tell us about all, all of that experience. It'll be the Brad Go CBD, you know, on us. So I mean, my, my short answer is like, even if it's like, you know, well, marijuana is a separate topic really, cause that's really locked down even harder, but like you, you can use WooCommerce forever you want, right? It's just when you tap into a third party service, that's where you are now, you know, bound by their terms um, of use and, you know, they're legal to protect themselves. So just keep that in mind. It's, you know, no different than when you sign up for a merchant account, exactly. like Square or Stripe or whatever you're bound by their, their rules because they have to protect themselves. So it doesn't mean you can't use, you could use WooCommerce for anything. Just make sure the services you tap into um, understand the industry you're working in and understand the laws and the rules. So you don't put yourself in a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have a, just a couple announcements I just want to make before we wrap up and uh, have Justin share a little bit more where you can connect with him. Um, You don't know, probably everybody knows it's listening to this WooCommerce 3.9.2 security release came out. And I just want to let everyone know that we've started um, adding transcripts to the podcast. So if you're listening to this on some pod app and you're not on our site, we do have transcripts there, full transcripts. I I spend some time. I try to make them nice and readable. They're not just a, a one long sentence or one long paragraph. So um, I'm hoping people will enjoy those. Other than that, uh, yeah, I think we are ready to uh, to call it a day here. So, Justin, where can people connect with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm JS Zayo almost everywhere. You can hit me up on Twitter at JS underscore Zayo or on Instagram. Uh, our company website, if you ever want to reach out there, is ZAO.is. Uh, people can connect with us there. But, um, yeah, I'd love to connect with people anywhere they're at. Excellent. And we'd like to thank our sponsors again, WooCommerce.com, our community sponsor. Do check them out. And FooEvents.com. They have a great deal to our listeners. You can get a free one-year license of their premium plugin by going to FooEvents.com forward slash do the woo. So do check that out and take advantage of that if you're looking for a great ticketing plugin. Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on any pod app. You can sign up for the woo news or become a friend of do the woo. Again, thank you very much, Justin, for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's great. Thank you, Justin. Then thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week on do the woo.